Looks like this thing is on. Hey, what's good? It's your boy OG Illa, and this is live from the cupboard under the stairs, episode one. I'm your host, and um, we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking. So I started this uh, podcast so I could talk about fatherhood. I could talk about Harry Potter. I could talk about music, sports, really whatever's on my mind at the time. I could just come over here and talk to y'all about it. Um, and obviously, you know what I'm saying, we over here repping uh, Dumbledore's Army super heavy. Uh, that's how we that's how we rocking over here. But uh, uh, let me uh, start by giving a shout out to The Collective, uh, 318 West Broad Street, Richmond, Virginia, 23220. Um, dope multi-purpose space uh, storefront and in the back video and photo production and an event space. So you can do pop-ups, all types of cool stuff there. So if you haven't, make sure you go check it out. At Collective RVA on IG. Until you check it out, I'm your host, and we about to get this thing started. So let me explain a little bit about why I named the podcast the what I named it. Um, I'm a huge, huge Harry Potter fan, um, fanatic. I have it tattooed all over my body. Uh, I've read the books hundreds of times, listen to the audio books pretty much every night when I go to sleep, and um, yeah. Now I am starting to develop a Harry Potter room in my house, which leads me to one of my points uh, today about like, um, like letting go of things or lack of either way. Um, for a long time, see, I, I grew up in foster care since I was 10 and because of the, some of the things I went through, uh, which we will definitely discuss on this podcast, um, I was forced to like basically just drop everything and just move, move, move a lot when I was younger. So I found like a strength in um, traveling light. And I don't mean just like on vacation. I mean like traveling light through life. So not really holding on to anything, um, clothes, valuables, uh, personal possessions. It's like everything is just kind of like, you know, it's here, it's not. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? I'm here. I'm still doing this. Probably the only thing that lasted really long were my computers. Um, they made it through a lot of things with me, <laughs> um, you know, lived in my car with me, everything. Um, but uh, but anyways, um, so with that being said, <clears throat> um, you know, I'm with uh, with the mother of my child now. Her name is Chantel. And we had conversations and um, she's like, why don't you have anything like Harry Potter? Like, why don't you have any, any little knickknacks? I was like, man, I hate knickknacks. And I realized it wasn't just me traveling light because of foster care. I reflected and I looked back and I was like, damn, I don't like having a lot of things because my mother has a lot of things. And I mean, like knickknacks and stuff like that. So growing up as a kid, our house was always full of stuff, just all types of stuff. And, you know, even going through foster care, like, you know, I still went back and, uh, you know, had conversations with my mom. I'm, I'm, me and my mom are very close now. Um, she sees my son, uh, my son's uh weekly and uh you know we have a great relationship now but that part and it still drives me crazy she still has a lot of stuff like she still has knickknacks everywhere i hate it and it changes based on her mood based on the holiday based on whatever and uh chantelle was like so why don't you have you know little harry potter things like whatever like ornaments anything you know what i'm saying posters like yeah i just don't do that but she has forced me to like kind of like i have like a little corner 
Um, this actually, this room used to be my entire office slash studio slash whatever. Um, and then I got my actual office um, downtown and now it's uh, me and the baby are splitting it. I just look at it. It's like it still has sound foam on the st- on on the on the um, on the walls and on the ceiling, but like on the floor, it has like baby tiles, so the baby can crawl around. And it has like a huge uh, um, bean bag and just baby stuff everywhere. And my stuff is like kind of like in the corner. <laughs> I do have a puzzle, a uh, Harry Potter puzzle on this table, though. I promise you, like not everything I'm going to talk about is Harry Potter. Like it just. That's where we are right this second. Um, so anyway, she tells me that, and I'm like, all right, cool. So maybe I'll start collecting some things. So she's got me some things, and my mom's got me some things, and my son is, my oldest son has got me some things. Um, I think yeah, I, I even got me some things. Um, and now I have a look a little, little memorabilia, you know, corner or whatever, in the in the in the room, the spare room. So that's cool. Shout out me in my in my in my in my uh, corner. But anyway, let me let me let me get this some 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 storytelling. So I'll tell you today about like how I initially fell in love with Harry Potter and like what it kind of means to me. So like I told you before, I got put in foster care when I was ten. Um, they actually came and got me straight from my school. Um, at that time, I was in fourth grade and I used to get in trouble all the time. Like I look back now and I was just like, gosh, why was I so bad? But I was going through a lot mentally, and I just didn't know it at the time. But, um, yeah, so the principal comes and gets me personally from class. So I'm like, oh, man, I have totally, totally screwed up this time because the principal herself has come come to get me from the classroom by herself. Like, normally it's like, Will, go to class. Will go to class or go to go to the office. We'll go to the office. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. But like my, that because that was like my goal. I wanted to get kicked out of class, like make a scene, make people laugh. Um, but this time I was like, damn, I must have fucked up. And the thing is, I didn't know what I did. That was the part that bothered me. It was like I wasn't quite sure what <laughs> what I had done at the time to deserve this. So I'm like, all right, bet. And she comes get me, and she's crying. So I was like, holy shit. What is really... I, I didn't think, like, death or anything. I don't know. I was, like, 10, so I didn't, like, think that. I was just like, yo, I have fucked up. So point that the person who's punished me <laughs> is upset for me. I'm like, oh, fuck. So anyway, we get to the office. Uh, my sister, Ashley, is there, and they're like, um, yo, your uh, other sister has an appointment. And the way that the principal was like, goodbye, I was like, damn, something's crazy happening right now. I wasn't sure, right? So we go walk to the van and uh, we get in the van. I'm with my social worker. I do know that my social worker, like my, they've, CPS has been active in my house at this point for years. Um, And we get in and they slam the door real quick. And as they're slamming the door, my sister Cami yells, they're taking us, they're taking us. And I'm like, oh shit. So there's a, a guy in there. His name is Mike. I can't remember anything else about him besides that. He's the one that used to come like check in in, in the house and like come chill with us and just kind of check the temperature of like our living situation. And I'm pretty sure he's probably like a big factor of why we got taken because he was part of a crazy ass story that I will definitely tell y'all later. Um, but so he's in there and I, and me, he already knows what time it is with me. So he goes straight to me. I try to jump out or, you know, like run to the front, try to get out. Like, now nah, he holds me down. We pull off. Um, <clears throat> this is the crazy part. We drive past my mom's house 
as, um, as we're leaving school because she's like right down the street and I see her walking in. That shit's crazy, right? Like you're like that close to her, but like, nah, boom. So long story short, um, I get to this school. It's called Dumbarton. I'm in the, uh, I'm in still the same county I was, but I'm on like the other side. So I grew up in the East End, Henrico, which is like, uh, you know, kind of ghetto. We'll just say it like that to say it nicely. It's just kind of slummy, like a lot of greasy ass people and shit like that. I'm going to just keep it G. I hate that shit. But, uh, and I hate that my family's still out there for real. But, um, they moved me to Western Henrico, which is like the complete opposite. And at this time, it wasn't even as big as it is now, but it, you could see where it was headed. A lot of people, uh, a lot of people with money, a lot of white people wasn't used to that either. Um, but anyway, anyways, we, we move over to Dumbarton and, um, at this time they got this thing called AR, which is accelerated reader. And I'm like, super, I'm like super into this. Cause like, even though like, you know, don't get it twisted just because I'm from the hood. I'm still, like, into reading. I'm still pretty intelligent. I just didn't give a shit about school. Like, I would rather fuck around. So, anyway, they have this thing called AR Reader, and, like, I I get into it. So, basically, you, like, have to read a book and take a test, and you get points. And at the end of the year, whatever kid has the most points wins, like, for the whole entire school. You know what I'm saying? And I think they want, like, an ice cream party, some something like that, something very cool. Um, that I won it and I won one year, but anyway, um, so this is what fucked me up though. So I'm going through all these books. I read every Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys, Chronicles of Narnia. I mean, anything, I, the, um, Peter Pan, like, I remember this being like one of the hardest ones, this old Peter Pan book. It was crazy hard. I think I actually failed that one now that I look, think about it. Yeah. So there was a lot of them. Like, anyways, uh, I'm going through them and then this late, this old lady who's a librarian there, um, she comes up to me and she, I guess she had heard my story, but she, uh, she shows, I think that you would really like this book. And it was Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And I was like, okay, I mean, I'll try it. Uh, you know, man, did I, if, if I had known that the way that this book, the, reading this book for the first time was going to change my life for the rest of my life, I probably would have like, proposed to that li old librarian like because she knew me to my soul you know what i'm saying like <laughs> like real shit she knew me to my soul this book uh this, this book uh really like changed everything for me like so um like to even explain it it's just like it's really hard but anyway so Let's let's just line up why this connected so crazy with me right okay so i'm 10 years old I'm in foster care. Basically, to me, I'm like an orphan. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I feel estranged from my family. My two twin sisters, they went and lived together, um, and I went and lived somewhere separately. So I felt like <clears throat> I was, you know, you know, it, very, you know, in that position. And then Harry Potter, he's uh, his parents are dead. He has to live with his uh, his um, um, aunt and uncle who treat him like shit. Um, I would go on to be treated like crazy throughout foster care, but that's not the point. The point is that we're both 10-year-olds, and we are basically orphans. And we and, and, and both of us are, like, keep dreaming of this, like, different life where we live, like, with our family, and we have this, like, strong desire to be with our family, all this stuff. So, boom. That 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 book is placed in my hands while I'm ten. Harry Potter is ten. Um, I am close to being eleven. He is 
close to being 11 um, when the book starts. Um, so, boom. Like, imagine, like, see, see, like, some kids, they just wanted to live in this magical world with Harry and get this hog- letter from Hogwarts. And me, I'm like, yo, I have to get the letter from Hogwarts. This is like God's destiny. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is God sent that this book was placed in my hand. I'm like, okay, now I know why this book was placed in my hand. Dead serious. I thought I was a wizard. Um, but, you know, at the same time, like, yo, don't get it twisted. Like, I'm still very big into sports. I'm big into to music. I'm, like, trying to be, you know, like, trying to be the most popular kid in school. At points, I am because, you know, I'm willing to take risk and be funny, da-da-da, but whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, that, I, it, it was just such a big contradiction being, like, because, like, Harry Potter um, now is more mainstream. But, like, even then, it was kind of, like, you know, it was, like, that was, like, a nerdy thing, I guess. And I didn't realize that. I was, like, shit, this shit is fire. I don't give a fuck. Yes, I will go fuck you up on the football field, and then I will go home and read Harry Potter and wish I was a wizard. Bitch, don't get it twisted. Um, <laughs> and that's just how my life was. And then and then it gets crazier as my life goes on. But that is initially, like, how I fell in love with Harry Potter. <clears throat> I was um, I was blown away. I was blown away. Sorry, um, drinking at quality H2O. Um, not for just the, the parallels, but also because of, <clears throat> like, yo, how impressive is it that somebody, uh, well, her name is J.K. Rowling, um, created this whole world in, 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 in her head. And the be- beautiful, I mean, just absolute beautiful part was that the minimal art and I didn't care as a kid. I swear to God, I didn't care. Most books I wanted art and, you know, pictures in there, I didn't care. Man, I had, I knew what Harry and Hermione and Ron and Hagrid and Sirius and Dumbledore, I mean, whoever, like, look like. I, I know what they look like. Like, in my head, I've read this these words so deeply. Like, I see them, you know, not, not in a, like, schizophrenic way, but I see them right in front of me like you know what i'm saying like real shit so i felt a sense of family if if i don't know if that or community or something you know what i'm saying i can't i'm not gonna sit here and like i'm not no fucking psychiatrist or psychologist or whatever you know but you know there was definitely some connection there immediately and um yeah so at that point it was 1999 i'm sorry Yes, 1999, um, I believe. Yeah, I believe it was 1999, yeah. Um, When this happened, so I think at that time, yeah, the first three books were already out. And I had not known at this point, um, but they were already out. So three books are already out. So I went through them bitches quick. Like, I could read, I'm a very fast reader. That's one thing that, like, it's just randomly, like, great about me is that I can read really fast. Like I read the seventh book of Harry Potter. So, um, let's fast forward and like, uh, skip some things. Cause you know, we're going to fill in all of these details throughout the podcast. Um, when I, when I turned 17 or turned 18 and, um, actually the week after I graduated high school, that's when the seventh book came out. 
So I actually really grew up on it between that time of being 10, reading the first three books, and then having to wait throughout my um, teenage years um, until like becoming a young adult. I had to wait for all of them. So I got the seventh book. Um, the t- when it came out at midnight, I finished it by 6 p.m. that night. Um, I slept for probably two to three hours, I believe, maybe four. Um, it was not a lot because I was fucking anxious. I mean, I did not want to go to sleep, but, you know, you know, I don't get to decide that. That's the gods. And, and yeah, that is my dog in the background. Um, I'm keeping it raw on this podcast, like real, real life. This is like for me. So this is fatherhood. I'm in my house. Like I told y'all, I'm in the room that used to be my studio slash office and is now full of baby shit. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is the this is the life. So y'all get to y'all get to deal with it. Um, with that being said, um, I think I say that a lot. With that being said, I'm gonna have to listen back afterwards. <laughs> um, but yeah, I graduated and that last book came out. I uh, I finished it um, within hours, and I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I was pissed at myself. I was a little pissed at myself because I really wish that I had taken my time. And then I read it again, and I, I took two days to read it that time because I went back through it. But like, and I retained the information. It's not that it was just like, damn, I was so eager to to. Because I mean, I waited. Like you got to think, I was ten when I the, the when I got introduced. I was eighteen. I had been through puberty. I had been through multiple foster homes at this time. I've been through so much shit, uh, group homes. Um, I've been, you know, abused at this point physically, emotionally, sexually, like everything, everything. Like, and this was kind of like, yo, you made it, my G. And like, we made it together. You know what I'm saying? So, um, that last book was really powerful to me. Um, and just that whole, that whole time of my life was because I remember, um, being in the group home and there was, uh, I was about 14 or 15. I can't remember exactly how old I was at this time. So don't forget, uh, don't, don't kill me. If my timeline does not add up, but, uh, the order of the Phoenix came out, which is the fifth book, um, and my favorite. Um, and I remember, um, I remember being in my room and in my room, it was, I had it super cold. I had the blankets and I did not leave my fucking room for like two days. Um, because in, in, in it, ironically, like another book I could have sped through, but I didn't. I was like, that book, from the cover, the time I saw that cover, seeing that blue cover, seeing how mysterious it is, hearing how, or remembering how the fourth book ended and like thinking like, holy shit, it is about to get real. And it did. It got so real. And then the fifth book, still don't like to talk about it. It's hard for me. But um, that's the first time I ever wanted to quit Harry Potter. Like, I dead ass, like, Sirius Dying, who is my favorite character. We'll get that out here early. Um, Sirius Dying made me want to fucking quit. Like, I was done. I was fucking done. Dead ass. Like, yo. Man, you have no clue. Because I'm a dog person, first off. So... That that's the connection I think with me and Sirius, but just like in general, like the whole connection with him and Harry and how much that meant to him, and man, you you just want those things, you know, things that connect because like in 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 J.K. Rowling's world, <laughs> nobody survives. 
Like, I was really expecting, especially after Dumbledore died, I was like, oh, it, it, Harry might, like, might die. I swear. So, I was like, then when he died, I was like, oh, my God, this... Like not even gonna, and I love J.K. Rowling, and that's a one celebrity uh, besides Lil Wayne that I have to sit down with before I die. But so excuse this because this was just young me. But when Dumbledore died, I said, "Yo, this bitch is crazy. She's fucking crazy." I mean, when Harry died, I said, "This bitch is crazy." I said, "Yo, I don't know what the fuck is going on now." I was like, and and I'm the type of person. I'm the type of person like I like the 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 movie The Departed. And if you know anything about The Departed, it, it the ending of it is fucked up, crazy, twisted, sick, just not the way that the movie's supposed to end, quote unquote, supposed to, like being the being the key word here is supposed to, but that's how the movie does, where the 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 good guy who goes through this crazy struggle finally overcomes um some things and then um, you know, uh he dies. He gets killed by the guy that he's, you know, been taking on, which is Voldemort. And boom. Uh, I was like, yo, she's crazy as shit. She's crazy. She's crazy. She's crazy. Uh, glad Harry did come back. Uh, thought that Harry, uh, that Hermione, Ron weren't, you know, weren't going to make it. I knew somebody from the Weasleys had to die. And I didn't know it was going to be Fred or the way that it did. Cause a real, if you were real one, you shed a tear, but, uh, like it was just too many numbers, right? Like Harry lost his entire family. Like that, the numbers are crazy. The the, the fact that the Weasleys would lose nobody, um, I didn't think that she was gonna stop at George's ear. Um, and she attempted. I, I I thought maybe she would do it. And I, and and I, I mean, obviously, like to the storyline now, it makes no sense. But I'm like looking back at it, like yo, who knows with her? Who knows with her at this point? Like yo, she is killed everybody like harry really lost every like important parent figure you know what i'm saying authority figure whatever you want to call it um in his life besides hagrid um you know what i'm saying and 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 that was great i'm glad that she did let hagrid live because one it would have been crazy way to kill him because of his giant blood but two then like man that just would have been like too much like i think that would have been od um but anyways yeah, I mean, oh man. So, uh, um, I went, went in, I'm reading the the fifth book. I'm sorry, I was sorry. Reminiscing about the story, get all upset, get emotional, get oh shit, ah man. Um, you know, because I definitely want to debate with uh J.K. Rowling a little bit, but we're gonna get back to that uh, later. Uh, so I'm the fifth book comes out. I got the room all nice, like for two days, and then the the older guy at the group home, he's like, man, I know you must really love that shit because I've never seen a teenage kid do what you just did, like, for a book. And I was like, man, this shit is like the Bible to me. And I have that that debate with a lot of people. Um, they think I come up like some, like, witchcraft worshiper or something like that. And I don't mean it like that. What I mean is, like, yo, like, a lot of the problems with Christianity Christianity, and, you know, is Islam and Judaism, all of, all of it, organized religion is what we'll call it, is that they take things too literal and not for the stories that they're intended to be. And the stories are, you know, stories of morale and, um, you know, things that you, you should live by, um, ethics, um, stuff like that. But 
so when I when I read the Bible because I did read the Bible when I was in juvie, um, like that's what I, I took it as. I was like, oh, these are a lot of good stories, metaphor, metaphor, you know, metaphorical stories for like the ways you should live your life. You know, what I'm saying, do you know they they teach you things like through these stories, like such and such betrayed such and such. And they break it down, and this is the sin. What they're saying when they say this is a sin is like, yo, this is what you shouldn't do, man. Like, you know, because you're you're betraying a fellow human or a fellow loved one or, um, you know, whatever. So uh, I have I say Harry Potter is my Bible, and I get a lot of shit for it. But what I mean is that like all the things in life that um, you learn from the Bible or things like the Bible, the Quran, um, and stuff like that is. Um, in a tour, my bad, I, I drew a blank, um, is, you know, you love, you learn love and you learn friendship and you learn, you learn family and you learn trust and you learn betrayal and you learn hurt and you learn pain and you learn sadness and you learn healing and you learn, uh, real, you know, like, uh, letting go and all, all types of things that you learn from the Bible, you learn from Harry Potter. And 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 throughout my podcast, I'll definitely throw in some of those uh, throw in some of those lessons that I've learned through Harry Potter in my life situation, and I and like and I apply it in everyday shit, real shit. Like I am a very outgoing, loud, um, kind of annoying person. Um, I, I'm I, I'm driven by creativity. And I've been able to create a world for myself where, like, I'm always able to be creative. So I'm always on go. I'm always energetic. I'm always pumped. And I'm always ready to push people to do the same because I see a bigger goal. But that's annoying to some people, correct? So with, with that being said, like, uh, like I use certain certain stories or certain situations from different books or different stories in, in the book to apply to my regular life and maybe even apply characters to some people so I'll know how to deal with them in my mind. I'm kind of like uh, the hip-hop version of Michael Scott in that sense. <laughs> like, real shit. I will apply, uh, I will come up with these antidotes to like, I guess that's the word, like, uh, to like label people as so that I remember them and I can, um, have specific conversations with them or keep up with what they're doing because I'm constantly working with new people. Um, that's part of my job, you know, and part of my career is working with creatives and, you know, we're always trying to build with new people and do new things and, uh, throw new shows and events and cool shit. Um, speaking of, we will have, be having the coolest Halloween party in Richmond, hands down. I am so excited to announce this soon. But I digress. Like, what I'm trying to say is there's a lot of parallels because a lot of Christians, they try to use the Bible to make decisions on their daily life. What would God, what would Jesus do, basically? You know what I'm saying? So, uh, um, I like, not what Harry Potter would do, but more like, yo, what, how's, how was J.K. Rowling going to handle this situation, right? And... Um, it's helped me. And sometimes, um, obviously I'm still an idiot and I'm a, I'm a human being. So I still make the wrong decision anyway, but at least it helps me give a point of reference, um, to what should be done. Um, or, you know, what I feel should be done, you know, cause I, I, I try to practice, um, good values. I mean, obviously I'm a fuck up. I've been a fuck up most of my life. Um, but as I get older, it becomes easier. Um, 
I have less energy for the bullshit. And I do mean that in like the most, uh, <laughs> the most stereotypical way. Just like, yeah, I can't do some of the shit I used to do when I was younger. It just, it, it don't hit the same. It don't. I, I don't hit the same. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. So, um, you know, I, I, I know, I know at 640 ish, my son's going to be awake. Like, and I'm gonna have to deal with it. Like I cannot fuck around with you, you know, till five in the morning every night. Like I can't do it like I used to do it. You know what I'm saying? I wake up four hours later, I be, I be rocking. Everything is good. Life is straight. Not anymore. It it just it's just not like that anymore. So, <laughs> um, you know, back to 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 the podcast. Like I, I wanted to do it from the cupboard under the stairs because I felt like that's kind of like my rise like you know getting out that cover getting get into you know to to my own hogwarts my own world my own space and that's and that's what i did more or less you know what I'm saying throughout my um childhood i still kept in touch with my 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 maternal mother my actual mother her name is april um and i you know like i said i'm still very close with her um and throughout foster care everything man she she still made me feel like i could do anything in the world and I, I never, ever, um, like, I always be appreciative about that from her. Like, because, you know, obviously I needed it twice as much being in foster care. But, like, like I really just needed that for me because I've always wanted these grand things for myself and for my family. And by grand, I don't mean, like, like value, like, like expensive things. I mean, like, yo, I want to be able to take family vacations to the Bahamas with my entire family or go on cruises or even just have like summer cookouts and big birthday parties. Like just have that, 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 like that, that feeling, you know, and that be the grand, you know, part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like that it's us and that, you know, we built this together and stuff like that. And, and, and then that kind of relates to like how I really felt about the, um, the school houses, like, oh my gosh, like who didn't want to be a Gryffindor? You know what I'm saying? Like, or, you know, whatever everybody else wanted to be. I wanted to be Gryffindor. I found out I'm Slytherin. Um, it hurt a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to lie. Made me question life. Um, was it really worth it anymore? <laughs> like, but that that was years later when they actually started putting stuff online and um, you know letting people take tests. For my whole life, I was Gryffindor though, so uh, fuck what you heard. Uh, cheese up in this bitch. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that aspect really took me. And then the fact that you know he did make friends with uh with Ron and Hermione too, just like, bro, that like. And and the the way that they became friends, how tight they were, like how it was really like some really like ride or die shit. I tried to find that in my life. Like I really tried to find my Ron and Hermione, um, per se. Like my best friends and shit like that. Um and at times I did. I think I found the right friends for the time. But uh, you know, there's been very few friends um, that have stuck with me or been my friend through all of this. You know what I'm saying? One, because it's hard to keep in touch with people while you're doing that. And then two, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of like, I be on the move. I be doing shit. So, you know, the, to me, you know, the, we have to have really had connected or have a connection for me to, to invest my time there because I'm investing my time in things that I really want to, like my family right now. Um, so, um, and speaking of my family, my mother's uh, texting me right now. She is upset with me because I did not take my son over there today. 
Um, I wish I would have because his ass would not stop crying. But um, I'm joking. Uh, but no, it was good to have some one-on-one time with him, and she'll be all right. She'll be, she'll be fine. She can uh, come over here anytime she wants. Um, but that you know that that's the things about grandmothers. Like they they are uh, or just grandparents I've seen in general. They're like a thousand times better grandparent than they were a parent. And um, I think one the direct responsibility is off but two is just like learning like all the mistakes you made and like looking back and being able to be like yeah i can't do that twice um and you know now you get to watch your kids go through it so it's a little bit easier because you're enjoying it i'm sure i'm sure my mom is enjoying some of my pain and and there's some things that i want to get off my uh, off the bat like as a harry potter fan like straight up off the off the rip for episode one and i'll i'll explain uh, my first one And that's uh, Yo I do not fuck with Snape I don't think he's a hero I don't value his love story um, I really think he's the biggest Biggest coward of all Cause he really did ride the fence um, I do think he would've uh, Declared aside um, Had Dumbledore not talked to him about it I will say that But he played the double side the whole time But more importantly like He played himself Like he let something that happened in high school ruin his entire life. And and so does Sirius. Sirius kind of played himself. Uh, seems like Sirius wasn't really headed on that same path. Um, you know, Peter kind of ruined that for him. But uh, but uh, they let that shit, like, really fester forever. And then come to find out, like, he's in love with Lily the whole time. He did all this for Lily. But like, yo, Lily would have spit in his face if he if if she was alive and he was treating her son like that. Like, yo, Lily would have went at him. You know what I'm saying? Not just and then imagine if James was alive. Like, yo, they would have really been brawling. Like, so well, I say that to say this because like, like everybody really worship. Uh, um, what was it? Always always like yeah you're always a dick like you didn't you had no moments besides when you were dying of like even being a, a human in general like and you're you're that i'm supposed to subscribe to this like deep love story and, and i don't and i just don't subscribe to it like i think that uh, uh i think that I mean, i'm not like mad at somebody who who does like like romanticize it or whatever you know it's it's for whatever you take from it that's you know what 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 it is for you you know what i'm saying but for me i'm like fuck that he's a bitch and he's he he's he's the the fictional version of eli manning to me like if i ever saw snape in real life i'd punch him in his face and if i ever see eli manning in his in in in, in real life i'm gonna punch him in his face and I didn't say I was going to beat his ass. Like, yo, you got to realize that's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He could very well beat my ass. I don't know. I haven't really, you know, I can't, I haven't, but I think I could beat his ass. Um, but more importantly, I just want to like, bah, just like give him one for the Cowboys and just for his face because he, he, he needs to change it. I hate his face. I hate Eli Manning's face so much. Like it's, ugh. But anyways, that's how I feel about Snape in fictional form. So, um, I, I just had to get that out the way, um, because there will be no, um, googly eyes over that. It will just be straight shit talking about Snape in my, all my podcasts. He had, he had some cool moments 
Um, I'm not going to say he had no moments, but overall, straight bitch. Um, bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so was Malfoy. I don't fuck with the Malfoys either. They're all bitches. All bitches. I don't care if they did. They definitely did whatever they did to save their ass. They because they knew. They knew if Harry, if Harry, if Harry had lost to Voldemort, the Malfoys would be dead. They had no purpose after that. They really had no purpose at, at near the end anyway. Like he was really just playing them to the side. Like, like that's what's crazy to me is like, like Voldemort. Like they knew who Voldemort was, and they stayed acting like he was going to change for them. And I was like, bro, you're you're delusional. Even if you even if you were to give him your actual soul so he could live another life, he would burn through that bitch and not give a shit. Uh, he would just go to the next one. I mean, he did it. He did it so many times. Um, but th- let- let's get away from that. Like, just overall, never seen a uh, more for their self, more save my skin type of family. Oh, man, they disgust me. Like, the fact that Harry and them were cool later on and had to, like, even team up um, and the cursed child, like, oh, God, I could never. I could never. I just, uh he was a bitch. I, I use that. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. I'm using that word. He's a bitch. Straight up bitch. Draco, bitch, pussy. Um, sorry for. The, I'm sorry that's vulgar. This is an adult podcast. Um, about Harry Potter. Um, so, but you know they're not the bad guys are not the only ones I'm gonna insult. There's a few you know good guys I gotta get at, and um, um, the one I gotta get off my chest on this episode for sure is like yo. Harry did not treat Dobby the way that Dobby needed to be treated, and Harry needs to be addressed for that. Um, yes, he did bury him the correct way, I'm sure. Uh, um, or not the correct way, but, you know, just with, with, with an honorable way. He he buried him honorably. But, uh, you know, he pretty much uh, treated Dobby like shit, I think. I, th- I think he took him for granted, and I think that, um, you know— that's why Harry felt so bad because, yeah, I think he had love for Dobby, but he also, like, it's like this dude I know, and I'm not going to say his name. We're just going to call him B right now. But, man, I've known him for my entire life, and I got love for this kid. I really do. Like, I hope they're safe and everything. But when he calls me, he never, like, has great convo for me. He either asks me for something um, or, you know, he, like, tries to bring up, like, embarrassing things of us when we were kids. And I'm just like, what? Like, no, man, we're adults now. We're fucking, and, you know, I'm 32 now. Like, we knew each other when we were, we were 10 and 11, I know. We've known each other for a long ass time. But uh, our whole life has happened since then. <laughs> like, let's talk about new things. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just, um, God, that's how I feel. I mean, that's just how I feel. Real shit. That's just how I feel. I feel like Harry treats Dobby like I treat B. <laughs> Damn, that's fucked up. I got to stop treating B like that, man. I got to. I got Actually, you know what I, I'm going to do? Instead of being annoyed when he calls, next time he calls, I'm going to talk to him and tell him what, what, how I feel. That's what I'm going to do. And then we'll go from there. Because he, he did ask me to hang out last time. So that's what I'm going to do next time I talk to B. I'll keep y'all updated. Um, but, yeah, I feel like uh, Harry definitely played uh, Dobby to the side way too many times. Um, even him giving him the socks, they, those like, he totally forgot and just gave him some of Uncle Vernon's socks. Now, obviously, Dobby appreciated that because Dobby's a sock guy. 
I'm like, yo, what if, what if Dobby wasn't a Saka? What if Dobby didn't even like to wear things on his feet? Like, he was just shooting in the dark, got it, got it right. You know what I'm saying? Pretty, pretty disappointing. Um, and Harry, for how he treated Dobby. And Dobby used to save his life, though Dobby did almost kill him. Dobby was trying to save his life the entire time that Harry, that Dobby was alive and he had a relationship with Harry. His intentions were good. Harry did not appreciate him enough, and that's all I want to say about it. I'll get you know if I if I feel like I want to talk more about it later, I will. Um, but those are some hot topics straight off the off the rip. Y'all can uh, y'all can get at me if y'all need to, but that's dead ass like that's law. Don't fuck with Sirius. Don't fuck with the Malfoys. Harry did not appreciate uh, at dumb um, a Dobby. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's funny though because there's a, a, a going back to like things I learned with my family like they're not into Harry Potter as much as me. My uh, my son, my oldest son, my stepson, he's nine. He's you know he's never been as much into it as I was. Um, he wasn't raised on it, and my, neither was my girl. But um, uh. Uh, as we go through this journey of life together, it, it starts spilling on to them more and more. Like I changed my password or my internet or my my name on my internet to Mo Muggles, Mo Problems, um, <laughs> and um, I, I just wonder if like people see it and geek out. I hope they do. That's like my gift. That's like that what I wanted it to be. Just like a gift to people who see it. Instead of seeing FBI surveillance van, it just said Mo Muggles, Mo Problems. Um, Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> I, I, I can't think of a better way to describe my life than Mo Muggles, Mo Problems. Like, that is a uh, the new mantra for my life. Because um, that's really what it be. Y'all be some muggles and y'all be my problems. Um, especially the ones in my crib. Living with these muggles is crazy. Um, and I have, a, I have two dogs. I have two sons. I have my girl and we live in one place and I always wondered what that would be like and um yeah uh, <laughs> uh you know it would be great it would just be so great to just have like my own house but like on them on the same property like y'all can come over um but y'all gotta go <laughs> go home at the end of the night um nah I'm just I'm just messing man um but I can't wait to actually move into the to a house. Um, we're we're in an apartment right now. Um, it's a nice apartment, but um, it's time for a house, time for our own space, time for a backyard, time for these dogs to get the hell out of my way. Um, and then my I will be able to like almost restart the amount of space I have that my girl will eventually fill up with just things. Um, back to the <laughs> back to that. Uh, yeah. So. Um, um, I'm definitely going to try to do this um, every, uh, twice a week at least. Um, I'd like to do more. Um, I have the setup now, so I'm going to do it uh, whenever I can, really. Just I want to have conversations with y'all and uh, talk that Harry Potter shit, talk that life shit. Um, I'm really, uh, right now, excited because of the things we're doing with the music shop. Um, that's T-H-E-M-S-Q shop um, on IG if you uh, want to check it out. But, uh, you know, that's a music blog that I run and... Uh, it's really cool right now, man. We're doing some really cool stuff, um, documenting, documenting indie hip hop. That I, I was stuttering either way, but let me just say clearly, documenting indie hip hop or just hip hop in general is very important to me. Um, there's a 
big indie scene throughout the United States and a lot of it gets looked overlooked because it's not mainstream our goal is to like not make that the issue anymore like really give these indie artists this the, um, one the spotlight and the attention they deserve and really highlight their craft as they're on the way up because um indie's the way to go you know doing it for yourself building for yourself um even if you sign a late to a label it would be mostly a distribution deal if you can work it the right way so you would still be indie you know what i'm saying so um i i think that uh people gotta gotta take uh, more accountability um for documenting documenting like these things like real shit like that's the most important part the reason like you get history history like in general whether it be the like like it be the pyramids in Egypt or, or or the hieroglyphs in Egypt or anything like that's documenting history and I think that's important and I take it like as a badge of honor to do it for like the indie hip hop scene um, in America because like that's super important to me it helped shape my life it helped create the businessman and the type of like um, business partner that I've become because like you really have to like like understand and. How I see it is that the rapper is the biggest entrepreneur in the world right now. Like, and I see rap as like just like the introduction to the bag. So like, you might not make a lot of money becoming a rapper, but you will become. You have the potential to become very rich, very successful, very very wealthy, very prominent. Set your family up for life by being an entrepreneur, birthed from the rap game. I mean. Even if you look at Jay-Z or Drake or any of the great hip-hop guys uh, who, like like Diddy, all of them, who make their who make a ton of mu- take a ton of money, billionaires, uh, Yeezy, all of them, their money does not, their majority of their money does not come from music. It comes from some music-related things. It comes from the opportunities that music has put them in. Um it has come because they have proven they they have proof of concept because of their music, um, but their the majority of the music comes from other things. Um, um, even and I, I even consider like other things being like performing their music. That's not their actual music to me. Like they don't make billions of dollars from streaming and selling music, but they have because of their success as, as being musicians, they have been able to put themselves in position to become billionaires and that's important um and that's why i say like the rapper is the the biggest entrepreneur right now i mean look at him i mean just look at every rapper that's successful right now they're they're expanding so much bigger than than rap and music they're they have not boxed themselves in they have not like limited themselves none of that they've really just been like yo okay cool i rap i make great music Put me in a position to do something else. I like this. I like that. And and a, and a great example is because I'm generalizing it. I'm very. I'm, I'm making it sound very simple. But a, a great example of it is Travis Scott, um, who was the richest rapper a couple of years ago. Um, the majority of his money came from Fortnite because of his music. Don't get me wrong. Because of his music, not his music. He did a, a live Fortnite show um, on on Fortnite. Like my son now is a huge fan because of that. And then uh, the McDonald's deal. And then there was one more. There was one more. Um, I can't remember. I think it was Jordan. I think it was Jordan, Nike, something like that, uh, that same year. It was huge. Three three huge deals. Uh, made a ton of money because he was able to prove that he makes cool things, creative things um, via his music. I mean, Travis Scott is a walking resume 
Um, you know, so that that's that's really cool um, to see people like that prosper. Even me, the 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 reason I opened the companies that I opened are because directly from music, um, being a content creator, opening the OG Design, which is my content creation company, where I'm a creative director. Um, I started that strictly off the need that I needed to make cover art. Other other people needed cover art. And that's literally how it started. After that, it went to a whole bunch of other things now that I'm, you know, shooting all types of things from podcasts to music videos and everything in between, commercials, skits, everything. Um, but it all started from that, you know, just a, uh, from needing something in music and then that learned that shaped my business structure of how to how to work with artists and how to create relationships with uh with companies long term so that um every time they needed something I was the guy they went to this all started from rap from me like getting on the microphone and deciding to be a rapper um like like yo I want to be a I want to be Jay I want to be Lil Wayne I want to be all of these guys when I was younger Eminem 50, um, all of them, you know what I'm saying? And you, you learn that it's much more than just rapping. Um, when you first start, you think, oh, I'm just going to get on some beats and I'm going to fucking take over. I'm the best ever. Blah. That's like you, how you expect life to go. And then what you realize is like, this is just like any other business. The more you put into it, the more you get out of it. And 10 years later, um, 12 years later, I'm sorry. You know, I'm able to do some really, I've been able to do some really cool things. I've toured, you know, the country. Uh, I've shot videos, um, skit stuff for all types of cool people. Um, I've had work on the Soars. I've worked with, you know, Revolt, Dream Chasers, um, you know, Rock Nation, all types of like awesome ass stuff. And I just, I, it all started from, from me deciding to be a rapper when I was 18, you know, um, the guy rapping with a Harry Potter sleeve and Voldemort and Harry Potter tattooed on his stomach. That's me. That would be me. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you categorize that is, but that's me. Um, but um, yeah, this has been the first episode of Live from the Cupboard Under the Stairs. I'm your host, OG Illa. Make sure you go um, like, subscribe, share, follow, um, whatever platform you're on. Um, and we'll be back for more later. Peace.